Hi guys, today we are going to see about ear, nose and throat of important topics will be discussed in this session. Let's get started. So first we will see about otitis externa. Otitis externa is also called as swimmer's ear. It is generalized infection involving the external ear canal and often the tympanic membrane. The cause of otitis externa is a prolonged water exposure and damage and the squamous cell epithelium of the ear canal gets damaged. So it is also called as, uh, mostly it is due to swimming and hearing aid use. The pathogens involved in otitis externa is most commonly pseudomonas and other organisms like protease, staphylococcus, Escheria coli, fungi and virus like herpes zoster, herpes simplex etc. So next, the signs and symptoms are otalgia, swelling of the external ear or ear, ear canal, arrhythmia and pain on manipulation of the auricle, debris in canal and otorrhea. The treatment of otitis externa is making the creep uh, ear dry and for mild infection cleaning and diluting with uh, acetic acid drops and uh, complete removal of all debris and topical antibiotics with or without hydrocortisone is administered. So what is the difference between otitis externa and otitis media? In otitis media, there will be a severe pain on on manipulation of the auricle. Now we will see about malignant otitis externa. It is a fluminant bacterial otitis externa. It is not a malignant cancer. The term malignant is a misnomer. So it is mostly affecting the immunocompromised patient, mostly elder patient. Where the elder patient with poorly controlled diabetes have malignant otitis externa. The causative organism for malignant otitis externa is a pseudomonas aeruginosa. The classical feature is nub of granulation tissue on the floor of external ear canal at the bony cartilaginous junction. The signs and symptoms of malignant otitis externa is severe ear pain, excessive purulent discharge and exposed javon. The diagnosis of malignant otitis externa is CT scan where it shows erosion of bone and inflammation and technetium 99 scan where temporal bone inflammatory process is seen and gallium tagged white blood cell scan where it to follow and document the resolution. The complications of malignant otitis externa is the invasion of surrounding structures that is cellulitis, osteomyelitis of temporal bone and mastoiditis and next one is facial nerve palsy, meningitis and brain abscess. The treatment of malignant otitis externa is controlling of diabetes, meticulous local care with extensive debriment, hospitalization and IV antibiotics like aminoglycosate plus penicillin. A tumor of external ear where the most common type is squamous cell carcinoma. It is occasionally basal cell carcinoma or melanoma. It arises from auricle where occasionally from the external canal the risk factors are excessive sun exposure. The treatment for tumor of external ear is in the cancer of the auricle we will do wedge excision. If the cancer extends to the canal extension where the excision of the external ear canal or partial temporal bone excision can be done. In middle ear involvement there will be a Temporal bone resection and lymph node dissection is done. In tympanic membrane perforation, where they are mostly discussed by trauma, where uh, it can be direct or indirect, 
where a secondary to slap to the side of the head that is compression injury or explosion uh, secondary to middle ear infection also can be a cause of tympanic membrane perforation the symptoms are pain bleeding from the ear conducting hearing loss and tinnitus the signs are clot in the meatus visible tear in the tympanic membrane the treatment of tympanic membrane perforation is making the keeping the ear dry use of topical antibiotics if there is an infection or contamination where a 90% of the tympanic membrane perforation heals spontaneously where a larger perforation may require surgery where uh, surgery by giving putting a fat plug temporalis fascia tragal cartilage or tympanoplasty now we we'll see about cholesteatoma it is a epidermal inclusion cyst of the middle ear or mastoid containing desquamated keratin debris it is it can be both acquired or congenital the cause of cholesteatoma is a negative middle ear pressure from the eustachian tube dysfunction or direct growth of epithelium through tympanic membrane perforation it is associated with chronic middle ear infection the history of chronic ear infection with chronic and uh, malodorous drainage is seen an appearance of grayish white shiny keratinous mass behind or involvement of tympanic membrane causes pearly lesion the treatment of cholesteatoma is a surgery aimed at eradication of disease and reconstruction of osseous chain surgery is through tympanoplasty or mastoidectomy now we'll see about bullous meningitis bullous meningitis is a vesicular infection of tympanic membrane and adjacent deep canal is seen the causative agents of bullous meningitis is unknown or viral suspected with frequently associated with viral upper respiratory tract infection in some instances mycoplasma pneumonia has been cultured symptoms are acute severe ear pain with low grade fever and bloody discharge otoscopy examination so shows large reddish blebs on the tympanic membrane and wall of meatus or both can be affected the hearing affected rarely occasionally reversible sensory neural hearing loss is seen a treatment of bullous meningitis is oral antibiotics like erythromycin if mycoplasma is suspected topical analgesia may be used with resolution of symptoms usually occurring in 36 hours now we'll see about acute superative otitis media it is a bacterial infection of middle ear often following a viral upper respiratory tract infection it may be associated with middle ear effusion the cause is dysfunction of eustachian tube that allows bacterial entry from nasopharynx the acute superative otitis media is often associated with an occluded eustachian tube which is uncertain whether there is a cause or result of infection the predisposing factor of acute superative otitis media is young age male gender bottle feeding crowded living condition cleft palate down syndrome and cystic fibrosis the etiology of acute superative otitis media organisms like streptococcal pneumonia haemophilus influenza moraxella catarrhalis staphylococcus beta hemolytic streptococcus pseudomonas aeruginosa viral culture or infant with less than 6 months where it can be caused by staphylococcus aureus e coli or klebsiella the symptoms are otalgia fever decreased hearing infant pulls on ear increased irritability and 25% of all the cases are asymptomatic
the signs are early signs is redness of tympanic membrane later signs are tympanic membrane bulging with loss of normal landmarks finally impaired finally impaired tympanic membrane on the pneumatic otoscopy if pain disappears instantly it is due to tympanic membrane perforation the complication is tympanic membrane perforation acute mastoiditis and uh, uh, meningitis brain abscess extradural abscess and labyrinthitis if recurrent or chronic otitis media may have adverse effect on speech and cognitive development as a result of decreased hearing the treatment for this is 10 day course of antibiotics that is amoxicillin is a first line agent if penicillin allergy is seen we give trimethoprim or sulfamethoxazole or erythromycin a usual course of symptom usually resolves in 24 to 36 hours a indication of meningotomy and pneumatic equalization tube replacement is done where in persistent midillary effusion over 3 months debilitated or immunocompromised patient or greater than 3 episodes over 6 months other indication for meningotomy uh, pe tube that is pneumatic equalization tube is a tube placed through tympanic membrane the basal abscess is the abscess behind the superior attachment of sternocleidomastoid muscle resulting from extension of mastoid infection chronic otitis media is caused by mixed of streptococcus aureus and pseudomonas aeruginosa the signs and symptoms of chronic otitis media is otorrhea and hearing loss so the unilateral serous otitis media is associated with nasopharyngeal carcinoma and acoustic media neuroma is most common on posterior fossa of the tumor at mostly at the cerebrospontane angle now we'll see about otosclerosis it is a genetic disease characterized by abnormal spongy or sclerotic bone formation in the temporal bone around the foot plate of the stapes thus preventing its normal movement it is a autosomal dominant inheritance with incomplete one third penetrance the symptoms are painless progressive hearing loss with tinnitus the onset is second to fourth decade diagnosis of otosclerosis by normally tim normal tympanic membrane with conducting hearing loss and no medullary effusion it may be mixed or even sensory neural if bone of the cochlea is affected with the otosclerosis has schwarzitz sign that is the erythema around the stapes of uh, from hypervascularity of new bone formation that is erythema around the stapes from hypervascularity of the new bone formation the treatment of otosclerosis is surgical where stapedectomy with placement of prosthesis hearing aids or observation is done and sodium fluoride where sensory neural component is present or for pre operative uh, stabilization now we'll see about facial nerve paralysis where it causes our bell's palsy trauma cholesteatoma tumor of carcinoma like glomus jugulari herpes zoster inflammation of geniculate ganglion that is ramsey hunt syndrome peripheral lesion that is parotid gland tumors lyme disease like borreola burgdorferi most common cause of bilateral facial nerve palsy bell's palsy is a sudden onset unilateral facial weakness or paralysis in absence of central nervous system 
where ear or cerebropontine angle that is cerebropontine angle disease is seen a clinical course of acute onset with greatest muscle weakness reached within 3 weeks the most common cause of unilateral facial weakness or paralysis seen the pathogenesis is unknown with viral etiology herpes virus or ischemic and immunological factors may affect the bell's palsy common preceding event like urinary tract infection or upper respiratory tract infection the signs and symptoms are the pathology is related to swelling of facial nerve the total facial nerve paralysis where altered lacrimation increased tearing on affected side change in taste if region above cauda tympani is affected dry mouth and hyperacusis seen treatment are usually no treatment is required as most cases resolve spontaneously in one month it protects eye from drops and tape closed as steroids and aciclovir is a drug treatment a surgical decompression of cranial nerve 7 is indicated if paralysis progress or test indicate deterioration prognosis is 90% of patient recovered completely and whether the affected muscles are completely paralyzed if not prognosis is greater than 95% now we'll see about menes disease menes disease is a disorder of membranous labyrinth causing a fluctuating sensory neural hearing loss episodic vertigo nystagmus tinnitus and oral fullness with a classic triad of hearing loss tinnitus and vertigo the medical treatment of menes disease salt restriction diuretics anti nauseal agent antihistamine occasional diazepam is added 80% of patient respond to medical management the indication for surgery is those who fail medical treatment or who have incapacitating vertigo that is 60 to 80% are effective now uh, indication for surgery are labyrinthectomy vestibular neurectomy endolymphatic sac surgery and trans tympanic gentamicin injection for chemical labyrinthectomy now we'll see a case scenario of 28 year old man with intermittent with intermittent hearing loss tinnitus and a subjective feeling of having ear swelling that is glomus tumor it is a benign slow growing tumor arising from glomus bodies found in adventitial layer of blood vessels it is associated with cranial nerve 9 and 10 in the middle ear the usual location of glomus tumor are middle ear jugular bulb and course of cranial nerve 9 and cranial nerve 12 the most common benign tumor of temporal bones glomus tumor the treatment is surgical resection radiation therapy for poor operating candidates or for recurrence now we'll see about nose and paranasal sinus first we'll see about epistaxis it is the bleeding from the nose the risk factor are trauma anticoagulants nose picking sinus infection allergic or atopic rhinitis blood dyscarias tumor in environmental extremes like hot dry climates and winter the cause of epistaxis are rupture of superficial mucosal blood vessels like caesal bex plexus if anterior spinopalatine artery if posterior the most common type of epistaxis anterior epistaxis it results from trauma the most serious is posterior where it is occur in 
elder or associated with systemic disorders like hypertension, tumor or arteriosclerosis. The treatment of epistaxis is direct pressure. If it fails, you proceed to nasal packing. Last resort is ligation or embolization of spinopalatine artery uh, that is posterior or ethmoidal artery if anterior. Now we will see about acute sinusitis. A previously healthy patient with unrelenting progression of viral upper respiratory tract infection or allergic rhinitis beyond the normal 5 to 7 day course. The pathology physiology of acute sinusitis is thought to be secondary to decrease the ciliary action of sinus mucosa and edema causing obstruction of the sinus ostia, lowering intrasinus oxygen tension and predisposing patient to bacterial infection. The causative organism is negative culture that is 50% is viral, pneumococcus, streptococcus aureus, group A streptococci and haemophilus influenza. The symptoms of acute sinusitis is periorbital pressure, pain, nasal obstruction, nasal or post-nasal, mucopurulent discharge, fatigue, fever and headache. The signs are tenderness over the affected sinus, pus in the nasal cavity. Signs of obstructions are septal deviation, spur, tight osteomyatal complex. So, the symptoms and signs of acute bacterial sinusitis are areas of localized plane, thick nasal discharge from the both nostril that may worse on one side. The treatment of acute sinusitis is 14 day course of antibiotics that is amoxicillin clavulanic acid. Penicillin G, amoxicillin, topical or systemic decongestants, saline and nasal irrigation is seen. In fungal sinusitis is caused by mucor in immunocompromised patient. The treatment is IV antifungals and uh, surgical depriments of all necrotic tissue. Now we see about chronic sinusitis. The infection of nasal sinus lasting for greater than 4 weeks or pattern of recurrent acute sinusitis punctuated by brief asymptomatic periods. The pathology is permanent mucosal change secondary to inadequately treated acute sinusitis. The mucosal fibrosis or polypoidal growth it is an inadequate ciliary action, hyperosteosis, increased bone density on CT scan. The causative organisms are anaerobes that is bacterioids, Veonella, rhinobacterium, Haemophilus influenza, Streptococcus viridans, Streptococcus aureus, Staphylococcus epidermis. The symptoms of chronic sinusitis is chronic nasal obstruction with post-nasal drip and mucopurulent rhinorrhea with low-grade facial and periorbital pressure or pain. The treatment are medical management with decongestant mucolytics and topical steroids and antibiotics. If it fails, proceed to endoscopic or external surgical intervention or functional endoscopic sinus surgery. The complications are orbital cellulitis if ethmoidal sinusitis is present, meningitis, epidermal or brain abscess that is in frontal sinus, cavernous sinus thrombosis if there is a sinusitis on ethmoid or spinoid, osteomyelitis is seen if frontal. The cancer of nasal cavity and paranasal sinus. The maxillary sinus accounts for 66%. Nasal cavity, ethmoid sinus, rarely in frontal or spinoid sinus. The squamous cell is around 80%. 
adenoca is 15%, rarely sarcoma and melanoma. Istheoneuroblastoma is a rare tumor that arises from olfactory epithelium that is high in the nose and is locally invasive. Signs or symptoms are early nasal obstruction, blood-tinged mucus and epistaxis. Late by localized pain, cranial nerve deficits, facial or palate asymmetry or local teeth that is loose teeth. Diagnosis by CT scan will identify extent to the dia disease and local invasion. MRI is through evaluate soft tissue disease. Treatment by surgery and radiotherapy with 5 year survival of T1 or T2 lesion. Now we will see about juvenile nasopharyngeal angiofibroma. It is the most commonly encountered vascular mass in the nasal cavity and locally aggressive but not metastasizing. Adolescent boys who present with nasal obstruction Recurrent massive epistaxis, possibly anosmia. The site of origin is the root of the nasal cavity at the superior margin of spinopalatine foramen. It can be transformed into fibrosarcoma. The diagnosis is by carotid arteriography, CT scan, biopsy is contraindicated. The treatment is surgery via lateral rhinotomy or sublabial maxillotomy. Bleeding controlled by internal maxillary artery ligation or preoperative embolization in the setting of hypotensive anesthesia. The preoperative irradiation has also been used to string the tumor. The pharyngeotonsillitis is an acute or chronic infection of the nasopharynx or oropharynx or Waldeyer's ring of lymphoid tissue. Waldeyer's ring is a palatine, lingual or pharyngeal tonsils and adenoids. Acute attacks are viral like adenovirus, enterovirus, Coxsackie virus, Epstein-Barr virus, in infectious mononucleosis, bacterial like group A, beta, hemolytic streptococci, in chronic tonsillitis mixed with streptococci, staphylococci, and moraxella cateralis. Symptoms of acute are sore throat, fever, local lymphadenopathy, chills, headache, malaise. Chronic is noise, mouthy, breathing, speech, and swallowing difficulties, apnea, and halitosis. Signs of are viral bacterial, viral or injected tonsils and uh, pharyngeal mucosa, exudate less common. The bacterial are swollen, inflamed tonsil with white, yellow exudate in grips and on surface, cervical adenopathy is seen. Diagnosis with complete blood count, throat culture and monospot test is done. The complication is peritonsillar abscess, retropharyngeal abscess causing airway compromise. Rheumatic fever, post-streptococcal glomerulonephritis, other complication. The treatment is for viral, disacetaminophen, warm saline gurgle, anesthetic throat spray, bacterial with 10-day penicillin. Tonsillectomy is indication for sleep apnea or corn pulmonary, secondary to airway obstruction, suspicion of malignancy, hypotropy causing malocclusion and peritonsillar abscess and recurrent acute or chronic tonsillitis. The complications are acute or delayed hemorrhages. Peritonsillar abscess. It is an inadequately treated recurrent acute or chronic tonsillitis. The mixed aerobes and anaerobes may be penicillin resistant. It begins at the superior pole of the tonsil. The symptoms are severe throat pain, drooling or dysphagia, odenophagia, trismus, cervical adenopathy, fever, Chills, malaise, hot potato voice. The signs are bulging, erythematous, edematous, tonsillar pillar, 
swelling of uvula and displacement of contralateral side the treatment is iv antibiotics and surgical evacuation by incision and drainage a tonsillectomy after resolution of inflammatory changes that is in a 16 year old girl with severe sore throat pain with lateral uvula displacement bulging tonsillar pillar plus streptococcus pyogenes is a classic feature of tonsillitis i'll see you about ludwig's angina infection and inflammation of the floor of the mouth that is sublingual and submandibular the source is dental infection that is ludwig angina is nothing but the infection and inflammation of the floor of the mouth that is mostly through sublingual and submandibular mostly due to dental infection the treatment is antibiotics emergency airway and incision and drainage now we'll see about oral cavity cancers most common type is squamous cell carcinoma the most common site is lip tongue floor of the mouth gingiva cheek and palate linked to smoking alcohol smokeless tobacco products and uh, herpes human papilloma virus the regional metastasis is 30% the second primary is 25% nodal metastasis depends on size of the tumor 10% to 60% is seen and jugular and jugular digastric node is seen and uh, distant metastasis infrequent so the diagnosis of oral cavity cancer are full history and physical examination dental assessment dental panoramic radiograph or bone scan if mandible is thought to be involved ct scan or mri scan for extent of tumor or radius disease that is nodal disease and uh, fine needle aspiration is done often by ultrasound guided so treatment is radiation surgery for small lesion localized lesion for treated surgically and larger lesion is a combination therapy mandibulectomy and uh, neck dissection is done for prognosis most common cause of death is successfully treated and uh, head and neck cancers is developed and uh, second primarily and uh, human papilloma virus plus tumor have a better prognosis with tongue is 20 to 70% survival chance and floor of mouth is 30 to 80% of survival chance now we'll see about salivary gland tumors the parotid gland is a uh, constitute 80% submandibular gland constitute 15% minor salivary gland constitute 5% the minor salivary gland tumors constitute 80% of malignant parotid gland tumors and 80% are benign the smaller the gland the greater the likelihood of malignancy benigns are mobile non tender no node involvements are seen and uh, facial weaknesses are seen malignant like painful fixed mass with evidence of local metastasis and facial paresis seen the diagnosis is fine needle aspiration and uh, excision biopsy of parotid mass if contraindicated treatment of salivary gland tumors are adequate surgical resection surgical parotidectomy that is benign lesion of superficial lobe sparing facial nerve is possible neck dissection for node positive necks post operative radiation therapy if high grade cheeks that is cancer recurrent cancer or residual disease invasion of adjacent structures or any t3 or t4 parotid tumors so now we'll see about pleomorphic adenoma it is a most common benign salivary gland tumor where the benign mixed tumor is seen with parotid gland well delineated and slow growing of adenoma is seen 
in Barkin's tumor, second most common cause of benign salivary gland tumor, with 95% are found in parotid, 3% are bilateral. A slow-growing cystic mass is usually located in tail of the superficial portion of the parotid, rarely becomes malignant. The most common cause of uh, malignant salivary tumor is mucoepidermoid carcinoma that is parotid is greater than submandibular gland. The second most common malignant salivary tumor is adenoid cystic carcinoma that is most common malignancy in submandibular and minor salivary glands. The most common cause of parotid swelling is mumps and uh, Herford's syndrome is a sarcoidosis with parotid enlargement, facial nerve paralysis and uveitis. Gout is a salivary gland stone and stone formation is the most common cause, the most cause in submandibular gland and Mikulis syndrome is a any cause of bilateral enlargement of parotid, lacrimal and submandibular glands. Now we'll see about croup. Croup is also called as laryngotracheobronchitis. It is a viral infection of larynx and trachea. The children of 6 months to 3 years where boys is greater than girls causes parainfluenza virus, seasonal and preceded by upper respiratory tract infection. The classic symptom is barking, non-productive cough. Other symptoms are respiratory distress, low-grade fever and signs are tachypnea, inspiratory retraction, prolonged inspiration, inspiratory strider, expiratory ronchi or wheeze. Differential diagnosis epiglottitis, bacterial tracheitis, foreign body, diphtheria, retropharyngeal abscess, peritonsillar abscess and asthma. Diagnosis is anterior posterior neck x-ray shows classic steeple sign indicating subglottic narrowing and uh, ABG shows hypoxemia and hypercapnia. Treatment is keep the child calm where agitation worsens obstruction. Cold mist steroid aerosolized racemic epinephrine may be administered to reduce edema or airway obstruction. Intubation if airway obstruction is severe or child becomes exhausted. It resolves in 3 to 4 days. The secondary bacterial infection is streptococcal or staphylococcal. Epiglottitis. The severe rapidly progressive infection of epiglottis is seen. The causative agent is haemophilus influenza type B. A children is 2 to 5 years of age. The signs and symptoms are sudden onset, high fever, hot potato voice, dysphagia, no cough. A patient prefers to sit upright, lean forward. A patient appears to be toxic and stirred. The diagnosis is clinically uh, direct observation of epiglottis may worsen the obstruction or by causing laryngospasm. Treatment is immediate airway support, intubation or tracheostomy and uh, medical treatment is steroid and IV antibiotics against haemophilus influenza. Now we'll see about malignant lesion of larynx. Where 2% of all malignancies are male, the sites are glottis and supraglottis. Glottis are most common, that is 66%. The most prognosis is subglottic tumor, which is infrequent. Risk factor are tobacco and alcohol. Pathology is 90% or squamous cell carcinoma. The symptoms are hoarseness, throat pain, dysphagia, odenophagia, neck mass, referred throat pain of the ear. The supraglottic lesions are laryngeal surface of epiglottis. Our pre-epiglottic space it forms the lesion. The remains confined to supraglottic region may extend to valicula or base of the tongue. 
there will be a nodal metastasis with treatment of early stages radiotherapy and late stages laryngotomy. Glottic lesion by the anterior part of true cords is seen. It may invade thyroid cartilage, cross midline to invade contralateral cord or invade paraglottic space. Where a rare nodal metastasis is seen with treatment of early stage radiotherapy with late stage of laryngotomy. Functions of larynx is uh, air production, airway respiration and phonation. The cricothyroidectomy where the emergency surgical airway by incising the cricothyroid membrane. Neck masses where in infants a congenital that is brachial cleft cyst, thyroglossal duct cysts are seen. In adolescent inflammatory that is most common cervical adenitis is seen. Congenital in adults malignancy of most common squamous and plainless and mobile. 80% of neck masses are benign in children and 80% are malignant in adults of greater than 40 years. The cardinal symptoms of neck masses are dysphagia, odinophagia, hoarseness, strider, globus and speech disorder, referred ear pain via cranial nerve 5, 9 and 10. The workup shows a full head and neck dissection that is examination, indirect laryngoscopy, CT scan and MRI, final aspiration for tissue diagnosis, biopsy is contraindicated adversely affect survival if malignant, a differential diagnosis is inflammatory that is cervical lymphadenitis, cat scratch disease, infectious mononucleosis, infection in neck spaces, the neck axis with sulfur granules like actinomyces infection, Congenital thyroglossal, that is thyroglossal duct cyst over the midline elevates with tongue protrusion, brachial cleft cyst and dermoid cyst, hemangioma and cystic hygroma. Neoplastic is a primary or metastatic cause. If lymph node positive squamous cell carcinoma and no primary site, there will be a triple endoscopy, a biopsy of likely sites, and PET scan is done. A treatment of surgical excision for congenital or neoplastic condition, cancer of uh, selective and modified neck dissection is done with post-operative chemotherapy. So the radical neck dissection is a removal of nodes from clavicle to mandible, sternocleidomastoid muscle, submandibular gland, tail of parotid, intrajugular vein, digastric muscle, stylohyoid and homoid muscle, fascia within the anterior and posterior triangle, cranial lobe 11 and uh, cervical plexus sensory nerves. The modified neck dissection is a removal of lymph nodes in level 1 to 5 with preservation of one of the three falling structures that is spinal accessory nerve, internal jugular vein or stenocleidomastoid. The contraindication is distant meds fixation of vital structure that is carotid artery. The selection, selective neck dissection is one or more of the uh, lymph node groups in level 1 to 5 are preserved based on the location of the primary tumor. The decision to perform a selective neck dissection is based on the location of the primary tumor and its likelihood to metastasize to a specific size. The most common malignant neck dissection, that is, most common malignant neck mass in children is adolescent and young adults are lymphoma. The most common primary malignant solid tumor of head and neck in children is rhabdomyosarcoma. Now I'll see about mandible fractures. The symptoms are gross disfigurement, pain, mal occlusion and drooling. Signs are trismus, 
fragment mobility and laceration of gingiva hematoma in floor of the mouth the complications are malunion nonunion osteomyelitis tympanomantic that is tympanum tympanomandibular joint ankylosis the treatment is open or closed reduction maxillomandibular fixation the mid face fractures are careful physical examination and ct scan the leaf out one is transverse maxillary fracture above the dental abscess which also transverse the pterygoid plate palate is mobile but nasal complex is stable leaf out two is a fracture through the frontal process of maxilla through the orbital floor and pterygoid plate mid face is mobile the leaf out three is complete craniofacial separation it differs from two in that it extends through the nasofrontal suture and frontozygomatic suture a tripod fracture is a fracture of zygomatic complex it involves four fracture frontozygomatic suture inferior orbital rim zygomatico maxillary suture and zygomatico temporal suture a blowout fracture is a orbital fracture with a blowout of supporting bony structural support of orbital floor the patient has anophthalmosis that is sunkening of eyeball in entrapment the orbital fracture with entrapment of periorbital tissue within the fracture opening including the entrapment of extraocular muscle loss of extraocular muscle mobility that is lateral tracking and diplopia seen the step off is a fracture of orbit with a palpable step off of bony orbital rim the mandible form an anatomic ring of greater than 95% of mandible fracture have more than one fracture site the best x-ray study of mandible fracture is a panoramic dental x-ray the nasal fracture is a septal hematoma must be drained a chance of pressure induced septal necrosis so we will now see about uh, the croup the most common cause that is most common organism causing the important disease let me revise it the acute separative otitis media is caused by streptococcus pneumonia parotitis is caused by staphylococcus species malignant otitis exana is caused by pseudomonas aeruginosa epiglottis is caused by haemophilus influenza croup is caused by para influenza virus and otitis exana is caused by pseudomonas thank you